0: Bonjour, gamers. Welcome back to the AOK podcast. Uh, I'm your French host, French Adam. Well, 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 and I am your French co-host, the <laughs> Joseph Salaboude. Dude, is this, uh, are, are we gonna oh, that
1: really hurt my voice? Are we yeah, gonna, gonna, gonna get cancelled for doing a gonna
0: French gonna
1: get... accent? Oh, well, you know what? The AOK podcast official stance: Fuck France.
0: Bro, don't say that. What if we gonna like? What if we go to France one day? Our tour date is gonna get canceled in France. Dude, come on. We can't. We can't get on their bad side. Bro, I love eating snails, dude. Don't even. Yeah, dude. I love Cars Three or Two. Two. <laughs> two is the French one. No, Two is um. How much of Two takes place in France? Not I've much. never seen Two, so I just know. I Bro. just was taking a shot in the dark. You're gonna. You're gonna see two knuckle sandwiches in your face if you don't stop Damn. out. you know what i'm gonna see what the french dispatch Mm, nice um so yeah french dispatch the new uh wes anderson movie who uh, is not french i don't think uh he Mm -hmm. is he i think he's about the whitest person on earth quite he's from uh i think he's from like uh albuquerque
1: or something like that
0: yeah, he, um, I love West, but he is, he, uh, can you agree he's, like, the most Caucasian person on the planet? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, wi- he might be whiter than me. And that's saying something. He's from Houston, Texas. Yeah, because I, I thought he was Texas because of the bottle rocket. He's uh, some, like, I know, I know he's from, like, some super American place, like, some American-ass place. He looks like Mr. Meaty. <laughs> I. He does. <laughs> Uh, we're just roasting him at this point, but, uh, yeah, I dude. love the guy. Um, he made your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, he made my favorite film <laughs> of all time, but fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, but anyways, we're here to talk about his new movie, uh, The French Dispatch. Um, this is a, I, we just talked about La and Soho and, like, our expectations for that and our hype for that, and I feel like this one's no different. Um, it was one that was, like, long delayed by COVID, and here we are a year later, and uh it's finally out and i will say before it came out there was like kind of some reviews that were kind of a little bit mid i would say uh saying not to get your hopes up too much for this one and i gotta tell you i disagree i i really disagree uh um i kind of love this movie joey what about you yeah, this was uh one
1: of definitely one of the I I probably say that I I was more excited for this one than Soho just because Wes is my uh, he he's my god. He made my favorite movie. Uh so I'm de- I I'm, I no matter what, I'm always excited to see what he has to make um and for the most part uh his movies are really incredible and I think especially these past he's really kind of hit a stride with these past couple movies um you know grand budapest uh moonrise kingdom and uh what's the um isle of dogs is, is pretty good but um yeah french dispatch in in particular i thought it looked like incredible i thought i don't watch too many movie trailers so i try to avoid them but french dispatch i couldn't and i would just watch the french dispatch trailer because it's like it's it's a nice little short film uh, it's such a yeah it, it, and it's it it's it's such a you know it, it's it looks so him too it, it probably maybe more than his any of his other films it looks i mean that's not true but it, it definitely screamed west like no other and uh i was uh, super super excited for it um and uh i loved it. it it was uh exactly what i wanted it to be and more uh i pretty much, i don't think uh for a fan of wes anderson i don't think you can really ask for anything more uh even aside from how engaging the story is uh there's uh Really great performances. The music is great. Uh, the cinematography is on a whole other level here. Um, he's and it seems too like in this movie he's really trying a bunch of new things out. That's the thing I, because there is that critique that the, I think the main critique with this movie was that it's just another Wes Anderson movie but it's it's not like he's doing the same thing over and over again, I think mo- and more evident in this movie than ever he's trying so many new things. there's so many kind of new stylistic choices that he makes in this movie that I've really never seen in a film before
0: yeah i um no, I agree there are just certain shots in this movie where it's mm-hmm. like it, it's so like intoxicatingly beautiful to look at, and I know that's like nothing new because like all yeah. of his movies are like just beautifully shot and designed and color. Yeah, it's
1: almost, it's almost overwhelming how good it looks.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Even from like the opening, like that little, um, and I came like, in the first like 10 minutes or so with Owen Wilson on the bike at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, that entire like sequence is so beautifully shot. Um, and like, uh, just so like perfectly cartoonish at the same time, like his little brand of comedy is just always, it, it always gets me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. It feels like this is him going through something kind of new narratively. And he is getting like more, I think ever since Grand Budapest, he's been very like, um, gradually becoming more, I don't know. Like there's almost like a scrappiness to Moonrise Kingdom or like Darjeeling or something that I really admire and I love. But it feels like from Grand Budapest upward, all his movies are even more polished and like, um, but not to an extent where it feels like he lost his edge either. Like, cause I would say this feels even more playful than anything he's ever done before. Like it feels very loose, but not in a bad way. It feels just like very unpredictable. I should say mm-hmm. like, I truly never knew what was happening in each segment. I didn't know what, what was happening or like, not not what was happening, but I knew what was happening, but like, I never knew what to expect because the characters are so investing, even though you only spend like 20, 30 minutes at a time with them. Right.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and that's so just the conceit of like, kind of like a prologue an epilogue and three chapters in between. That's just, I don't know. Like, I love the way it's designed and I love, I kind of like love being, I'm in love with the narrative structure of this movie. I think it's so unique Mm -hmm. and so cool. And the movie utilizes it kind of perfectly. I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's super um yeah again it kind of he's cuz it, it's it's obviously it, it's kind of mimicking the the format of a, of an actual travel magazine and it's he it, it, it works so well that one of my main my one of my main probably my major problem with the film is that I wanted it to go even further with that. I want it there's it kind of opens with this uh it, it opens with an intro to the film uh kind of setting up the framing of the story and then it kind of goes through the magazine uh this last magazine issue and it kind of it opens with this kind of little Uh, little section with Owen Wilson and then it moves to the three main chapters. And I would have loved to have seen it have even more kind of really kind of one-off five, minute sections, maybe even like a a minute long section just to see kind of Wes play around a bunch. But it's kind of, I, I, I'm having a tough time making this point, but I kind of, it feels like kind of with life, when life aquatic kind of at the point in his career, it kind of felt like it was like, he was really kind of, Kind because of, before life aquatic he has royal tenenbaums and he has um uh rushmore and he's got uh, kind of his like classic early films but with life aquatic it was like he really kind of it felt like he really kind of came into his own with his style and he kind of went all 100 percent into that direction and kind of created something kind of of its own of its own kind of cut and i feel kind of a bit similarly with this one where it kind of feels like an amalgamation of all of the stylistic choices he's made in his kind of past couple with uh isle of dogs grand budapest and moonrise kingdom it Mm -hmm. kind of feels like he's kind of not redefining himself but like kind of he's kind of topping himself stylistically with this movie where it's like he's kind of reached kind of this is the height of where that style can go and he's trying he's kind of trying new things out as well he's kind of going in He's kind of in beast mode stylistically in this movie, kind of similarly to the way he is in Life Aquatic, where it's kind of a full-on out kind of there's, you know, there's sections in this movie that are kind of change form and the color, the aspect ratio is changing a bunch. It changes from black and white a bunch. Um, there's sections that are not uh, live action. Uh, so it's kind of, he's he's kind of really throwing it all at the wall here. And I'd say almost pretty much all of it, nothing, in, I, there was nothing in this movie that I thought was, I'd say 100% of it works. I'd say it's uh it's pretty flawlessly executed.
0: Yeah, because I, I remember we talked the night that I saw it, like at like right after we got out, I talked to you about it, and I told you I'm like I'm I, I love the movie. I just wish like it went on longer. Like I was expecting like a little bit more by the conclusion of it, or maybe more of like a wraparound kind of like narrative thing. Um, but you know, if my biggest issue, not even issue, but my biggest like i got i don't even want to call it a flaw or an issue you know because it's not it's no it's not a detriment to the movie but if my biggest like complaint maybe is that i just wanted more like i wanted Mm -hmm. more movie i wanted more time with the movie that's maybe the biggest compliment slash Mm -hmm. best complaint you could have about a movie if you if you just want more you know yeah and it's just because i loved everything else that came before it like i think um you know, if you want to if you want to go in order, like the prologue with um, Bill Murray and Owen Wilson, and you getting kind of like introduced to the staff, um, I loved all that stuff. It felt very classical West. Um, it, it just felt like very um, precise and it was efficient, and it was just enough to get you like invested in the world that he's kind of creating here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first story, um, and I don't want to like talk too specific about it, because in case someone hasn't seen the movie. But with uh, Benicio del Toro, and um, he plays like a prisoner who is kind of a tortured artist. Um, And uh, I don't know about you, but this uh, is—I'm not saying the movie like peaks here or anything, and it goes downhill. But it's easily my favorite part of the movie. It is so fucking good. It is just like hilarious. It's insightful. It—it's heartfelt. Um, every performance in this segment is amazing. The use of color and black and white, and aspect ratio changes, mm-hmm. and he, I just, just about everything in this section, I was just kind of blown away by, and uh, especially uh, Adrian Brody too, by the way. He, yeah. What what an absolute laugh riot this guy is. He uh, he is so fucking funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh not to not to brag, but uh, when I saw this movie, uh, I saw it at the SCAD Film Fest, and he was there and he did a Q and A, and he was like, he said he made a comment where he was like, everybody kind of associates me with these really intense roles, but uh, I really love doing comedy, and uh, it's it's apparent here he's having a blast in this movie. He it's such a funny performance.
0: Yeah, there um there's a few scenes with him where he he just like reacts to something someone said uh or like just like his little mannerisms are just so inherently funny and i knew that was the case even after grand budapest cuz in grand budapest he he just about steals the show in that movie he he's so fucking funny in that movie yeah. um but he, there's just something about his character in this movie that had me cracking up like quite often um and yeah, he's in the,
1: the- he's in the next one too he's a uh, that's that's kind of a, a good thing with covid is that uh the follow a, a lot of movies got delayed but mm-hmm. in their delay time, the directors got to make another movie. So the next Wes Anderson movie is out next year. So we're going to get another one with him and Adrian Brody next year. It's a
0: uh, musical, right? Is it a musical? I, if I'm not mistaken, I because I read reports about a Wes Anderson musical, and then I Dude, was I'm like, die. but I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was French Dispatch. But when this came out, I'm like, so it's the next one. Uh, I'm like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the one. The next one is a musical. Dude,
1: I'm uh, move my mind.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be like your favorite movie of all time if that that's i mean the case that might be it that might be i might have to <laughs> retire watching movies after that movie comes out um if he's in the if he's in the next one uh that's that's just about the coolest thing ever um yeah he he's great in it benicio del toro is also great uh i really like it very good yeah it. really good um henry winkler makes a little appearance uh, <laughs> i wouldn't call it a cameo because it's it's more than a cameo but uh it's fun to see Henry Winkler <laughs> in a Wes Anderson movie. Um, and then the next section um, completely changes gears. It goes almost full color, and uh, it's about Timothy Chalamet as like a local uh, revolutionary, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like almost like a, um, it, it's funny because like it's telling you like the importance of the politics that he's like fighting for, but it's definitely like poking kind of fun. At like, 17-year-old revolutionaries, almost, Yeah. Where it's, like, um, saying, like, it's a bit extreme to ask for all these things when you're, like, literally a kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, Francis like Dorman's in it, and, um, God, who, is there anything else? Anyone else?
1: Christoph uh, Waltz is in it. He has no line, he has no dialogue.
0: I thought he has, like, one line, he is, right? Yeah, he's
1: maybe in it for one scene, and it's, it's yeah. such, he's such a high-profile actor, I was so... I, I, I assumed he would show up in
0: another, like, section, but I was like, oh, no, I guess he's literally just in this scene for... He just wanted see, to be in the movie, I guess. See, that's why I was, like, hesitant to even call Henry Winkler or Christoph Waltz a cameo, because they don't feel like cameos. It doesn't feel like, oh, there's this guy. Mm-hmm. It just feels like A-list actors, um, you know, came in, and they just want to work with West, no matter how long or short the scene is or how big the character is. Mm-hmm. You know, they just well, wanted. to... Yeah. Yeah. Not to not to jump forward, but Willem Dafoe was in this for uh, ten seconds. Yeah. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm fucking saying. Like, there's so many actors in this movie that just pop up, and again, it's not even cameos. It just feels like actors really wanted to work with this guy, no matter how small the role is, and that's fucking cool to me. Um. That yeah. This entire section, I it didn't quite top the first one for me because that first section just feels like a movie within itself. You know, like mm-hmm. you. I'm pretty sure he could have made an entire like two-hour movie of just the first chapter of this story right
1: yeah i mean um, it did kind of as a whole i mean i don't know if this is true but it did feel like he had three ideas um and then uh he he, he had three ideas and he was like i don't know if i can make these features but i could put them together but yeah because uh, this yeah the, i mean even the even the second one i think he he's got enough uh, material material to, to make it a whole thing
0: yeah, I mean I really love this section. Like there were some par- uh, parts of this one uh, just like the first where I was howling. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also a you know, little Tim more... Chalamet
1: does great. He's, uh, he's,
0: he's he he's, keeps he's really funny. I don't know why I,
1: I have like an underdog feeling every time a Tim Chalamet movie comes out it's like how's he going to do and he does great every time.
0: So Oh, he's really good in this one. He he um the character made me cry at the end mm-hmm. of the, the chapter uh, and I didn't think that would happen. Cause considering you only spent like 30 minutes with this guy. Um, -hmm. but, uh, there's an amazing scene in a bar, uh, just the camera movements in that scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a scene on a motorcycle that is just beautifully shot. Um, the song, the the song in the trailer is used heavily in this section too. Yeah. It's really good. Um, yeah, it's like a romantic political, um, just beautiful sequence. Like this entire chapter is just fantastic. Um, uh, I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I, it's not my. I didn't prefer it over the first chapter, but it it works really well. Um, and then the third chapter is definitely the wildest of the three. Mm-hmm. I would say it's pretty sporadic in what it's about. Um, and it almost feels like there's like layers to this chapter where it's like um, basically this guy uh, Jeffrey Wright is being interviewed by a uh, TV host I'm trying to really hard to explain this section Like he's yeah. being interviewed About a story that he wrote in the French Dispatch if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um, But he was there For it so like he got to He's like being interviewed so you're like you're going back and forth um, Between him being interviewed And what actually took place And there's a section where it's Animated and there's a section where it's like Black and white I think mm-hmm. um, And then there's some color and it, it's It's pretty wacky um uh it, it's it's really really wacky um but i i really enjoy well, it even
1: in the in the last section there's a a scene where they portray it's like with the in the timothy chalamet section it cuts to a play version of the story like it's like a recreation of it in a right. play after the fact so it's like he does a lot of really interesting stuff with the way he's able to present uh, these sequences
0: yeah, no, I I forgot about the play sequence. Because, like, I laughed a little bit when it started happening. Mm-hmm. But then, it, like, because it, it's funny, like, immediately when he goes to the play sequence. But then it gets, like, dramatic within itself. And you start mm-hmm. feeling just for the play that you're watching. Um, and I don't know. Like, there's a... The way he does that, like, between animation and play and, like, monologues. Mm-hmm. And uh, even c- cutting back to, like, Bill Murray. And, like, him proofreading... Mm-hmm the stories that are being told. Like he gives like little editor's notes. So like a story will stop going, you know, so Bill Murray can like give his note on a certain mm-hmm. segment. And, like, I loved when it did that, because it reminded me, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a publication. Like, this isn't, like...
1: Yeah, well, even the, uh, the Tilda Swinton one, it's her giving, uh, like, a talk at a college about an art oh, exhibit right. opening up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's one really funny visual gag in that scene. You probably know what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, oh, that's me. Is that what we were talking
0: about? Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, that was... It was so quick, and I think because it was so quick that it, like, fucking killed me uh that was really good um <laughs> uh but yeah i think the third segment was probably my least favorite but it was still really good you know i'd uh,
1: say that the the i i'll disagree with you i'd say the third was tied i think one and two the first one and the third one are tied for my favorite
0: um yeah i don't know i i i didn't dislike it by any means i i loved it i just think the first two were like a little bit tighter Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd, I'd agree it,
1: with that. I was just I was a fan of how kind of
0: it was definitely kind of what you were
1: saying where it's the wildest one. It was kind of him kind of taking the most chances. And I think Jeffrey Wright also I think probably gives the best performance in the movie. He gives a really he's really, really he great, great yeah. in great.
0: Yeah, I I'd say either him or Benicio Soto Toro or um oh fuck Adrian Brody um mm. one one of those three they probably give the best performance um but no Jeffrey Wright is great in this segment um and. Uh, there's a little bit uh like a little scene between him and Bill Murray in this segment where it's like um basically like Jeffrey Wright doesn't know if he should like include something that's emotional in the chapter, and um Bill Murray basically just tells him like, yeah, like you're being personal, you're being like vulnerable, and that's why you keep it in there like that's why we do what we do, and it got, I don't know why, but like that line delivery got me like it actually mm-hmm. like hit my heart. And I'm like, oh shit, dude! Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This movie is like delightful. It's yeah, it's so fucking
1: good. It's got like, it's got these kind of these stories. Um. About, it's got these 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 kind of you know the first you know, the first story is kind of about it's kind of the tortured artist, and the second story is kind of about you know revolution, and the third story is about food. So it's kind of these kind of very broad artistic comment topics, and it's kind of tied together with this kind of, this kind of through line of like the of of. Of of art, really. It's kind of why, because this is all being included in a magazine, so it's all kind of these creative people working together. So it's kind of got it's it's kind of it speaks kind of to a larger. It makes it's trying to kind of make a larger point about why we do kind of why why creative people do what they do and why why yeah. I mean not just not just essentially why artists make art. What's the point of why are you making it? Um, he's, I think – doesn't Jeffrey Wright have a monologue about making art? And it's like, well,
0: if you, it's not art if you don't show it to anybody. Oh, no,
1: Adrian Brody has a whole monologue about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, and that's what I – like, that's what I loved about that segment is, like, um, I, I feel like uh Benicio Del Toro's character is kind of, like uh, – he kind of sums up that entire message, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think each segment, like, has a character that represents, like, a why do you do what you do? Like, Timothy Chalamet is – like, he's the activist. It's like, why do you do this? And uh Binning is an artist and it's like, why do you do this? And the third one is about a reporter, and it's like, why do you do this? And and by the end, I think it all comes ahead in this kind of like beautiful culmination of like different forms of art or um being vocal about something, whether mm-hmm. you're an activist who's like being vocal about an issue. Or you're an artist who's trying to express and convey emotion. It's like each segment has something about why you do what you do, and that's kind of beautiful to me. That's what this movie's like about, and Mm -hmm. I think anyone saying this is like lesser West is like fucking insane. This is like
1: also not to be rude, but like shut up. Like I mean, if you watch this movie and you're like, oh, this is just West, like like dude, being wet it's got i mean objectively this is an incredibly like i mean let's be like this is some of the most incredible filmmaking you're in gonna see all year it's got great performances uh the score is excellent like it's just like he's flexing on us with this movie it's such a it's he's so it's kind of so he, he's so it's i mean like what the what else do you fucking want from him to, what do you, what, you really want west to make like fucking you want him to make Mass? What do you want him to make? You want him to make something completely different? What the fuck do you want from yeah. him?
0: It, it's really, I think, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, like, as good, per se, as Grand Budapest or, like, Moonrise mm-hmm. Kingdom, even, but, like, I'd put it, like, on the same level as, like, a, uh, you know, sue me. I like it as much as, like, Royal Bombs. I like yeah, it as much I as, like, Life Aquatic. What?
1: Yeah, like, I'd put it kind of – I wouldn't say it's, like, top tier, but it's definitely not – it's nowhere – I wouldn't say it, it's nowhere near his worst stuff. I mean, his worst stuff. He doesn't have any bad movies, yeah. but it's definitely not lower. It's, like, right – it's, like, upper-middle mid middle tier, I'd say.
0: Yeah, upper – like, it's probably, like, five – I think it's, like, number six out of ten, I think. I think he's like, ten movies. Uh, I think it's, like, six out of ten on my list, which is not bad at all, considering he – kind of only makes bangers so i think
1: i'd have it maybe honestly at like a four or a five
0: it might be i i need to look again at my letterbox list um but, but also it's like he's such
1: a he's kind of a I, I i always talk about kind of this pta we talk we're big fans of pta here and pta is one of those directors that any any one of his movies can be your favorite of his movies mm-hmm. uh and it's like perfectly reasonable and i kind of say pta definitely falls in or not pta wes anderson definitely falls into that category where all of his movies can be your favorite one of his movies and i'd understand
0: yeah no i i i the only like because i was talking about darjeeling the other day and i like darjeeling limited but it's definitely my least favorite best anderson movie um i guess i just don't feel much for that movie like even though i feel like it's his most outwardly emotional like movie like every time that movie every time i see that movie it's like the ending tells you like, this is what this movie is about. This is what I'm trying to tell you. And I feel less because of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like like mo- I like I this and I like Budapest where there's like glimpses of what he's trying to say, but it's surrounded by so much like lunacy and colors <laughs> and like just Wes-isms almost, you know? And I love that. I like when he's understated. I liked when he's a little... Like, he has his hands behind his back a little bit, you know? He doesn't completely Ooh, wear his heart on his sleeve.
1: Not not to not to make it, uh, not to bring up, because uh, I'll talk about Fantastic Mr. Fox forever, but that's one of my favorite things about the movie, is it's a little, he does, it's a kid, especially because it's a kid's movie, and he really doesn't tell you exactly what the movie's about. It's kind of, he kind of leaves, kind of, you've got the wolf scene, you've got the scene at the end, and you've got kind of these kind of breadcrumbs here, but he really doesn't, I I do, I really admire that he really kind of lets you, it's kind of like, a he lets you kind of figure out what he's trying to say.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. That's definitely top, like, I mean, my favorite West is still Rushmore, just because I think I saw it at such a young, formative age that it's kind of hard for me to, like, take that away from it. Um, But, like, that, I think Grand Budapest is his, like, best movie, even though it's not my favorite. I think just on, a kind of direction level, that's the best one I've seen from him. Uh, Because every time I watch Grand Budapest, I'm just, like, blown away by it. Um, But Fantastic Mr. Fox is, like, you watch that movie and you're, like, oh, movies can actually be perfect. Like, actually be perfect. (laughs) Like, there can be absolutely no issues with the movie. And that's how I feel about *Fantastic Mr. Fox*. I yeah, think it
1: might not be his most impressive, and it might not be his best, but
0: it is the greatest movie of all time. So, <laughs> <just>. <laughs> I I can't remember what I said on the episode. I probably gonna eat a crow just by like listening back to it when we did uh, uh the West Wing oh, episode. Oh dude, there's
1: probably so much shit on this podcast that we're just complete egg on our face about.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think at the moment, like my uh, like *Rushmore*, *Grand Budapest*, *Fantastic Mr. Fox*. Um Moonrise would probably put over this. Um I don't know. Like I feel like Life Aquatic, Royal Ten and Bombs, uh, and French Dispatch all kind of like operate in that five through seven range for me. Um and that's I'm not kind of battle. in the
1: I'm kind of in the same camp as you right there with that. I'd say yeah, yeah, it's it's just as it's like a classic Wes Anderson movie.
0: Yeah. And then I think Isle of Dogs would be like number eight and then uh, Bottle Rocket and, and Darjeeling, which I like both of those, but those are easily the, like at the bottom. You know what I mean?
1: I haven't seen Darjeeling in a very long time, so I reserve the right to rewatch it and feel stronger about it. But it is Same. kind of my most uh, kind of my. If I were to say he had a mid movie, it would probably be that one. But I, I'm I'm totally totally open to changing. Yeah, mind.
0: I mean, like I know people that love that movie, so like I I could be totally off of, on it. But, um, Friends of the
1: pod, uh, Rico and Dane, love that film.
0: Yeah, I yeah I remember Dane was a... I think he gave me shit for it when I did the pot on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's... uh. This one's definitely up there. I, I wouldn't quite put it at the top three, but it, it's really fucking good. And, um, and yeah... It's, I, you know, even
1: though it might not be uh, a top in his... That's how good of a director it is. It might not be a top in his filmography, but it's definitely one of the highlights of the year for me.
0: Yeah, I think... Um, it, I, I'm well, I'm being a little stinker here lately. I'm not telling Joe what's in my top 10 or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, he, he, wa- he sends me death threats every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely on the list, is all I'll say. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't expect it to be after all the reviews. It's not getting bad reviews per se, but it's definitely not getting like what I think it deserves, honestly. I think it's yeah. better than it's getting credit for. Um, but yeah, I thought it was excellent. Um, genuinely, one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. Um, would you say that?
1: Yeah, genuine. It's. I think it's a. It's a must see for the year. Frankly, I love this movie. I really. It's in my. Uh, currently, I think it's currently in my top five, if not six. Or it's like it's definitely like it's definitely in my top ten of the year. Um, Hell yeah! And I'd uh, I'd give this film uh, a nine out of ten.
0: Um. Yeah, Adam's going to come with point 8.5. Point five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry buddy. I no, it's just like it's not it's not a 9 for me quite, but it 8.5 is a good rating, you know. It's no free guy. It it's better. Um yeah, I <laughs> think better free guy. I I forgot. Yeah, we did do a free guy episode. Um we talked about the greatest film of all time free guy. Yeah, pretty pretty epic movie. Um Free guy will be remembered. Yeah, if you say we're so. Pig. <laughs> All right, where can I run to find you online, buddy? <laughs> Would I diss pig and we end the podcast? No, oh, I, haven't seen I pig. didn't even know you. Were, I thought you are calling me a pig. I didn't even realize you were talking about the movie Pig. That's no, like um, the movie Pig. You haven't even seen it, right? I haven't seen it. I was
1: just in the cage for no reason. I hear. I will X-Men. tell you,
0: Pig finally left my top ten of the year. So. Damn. Uh, I, I still stand by it. It's a great fucking movie. Um, I still think you should see it because Nick Cage gives just about the best performance in Book Secrets, but uh, it, <laughs> it it's it's really good. So I, I still recommend it. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I had um, recently I had um, the film uh, uh, the uh, never mind. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I forget what I'm saying. All right. Very cool, Joe. Uh, Where can everyone find you online? You can find me at just underscore sound money on most platforms. And you can find me watching pig sometime soon.
0: Probably. Hopefully. Maybe not. No, I got to watch
1: Coda. I got to watch pig. I got to watch. Your attitude.
0: Which one? I said, you got to watch your attitude.
1: My attitude. Yeah. I got to watch this. (laughs) uh, There's a lot of attitudes going around here. Don't let me get one.
0: Yeah. Um, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Adam underscore Nonsandler. and not Sandler. And wow, I just realized I forgot to plug the pod on uh, the last episode, but yeah. you can follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at AOKPod. Um, and yeah. Did you plug I, Z Canon on the last episode? I didn't. I didn't. I'm just, I'm off this week, bro. Damn, um, dude. Yeah, Dan Daniel. Uh, but you can follow uh, my other podcast, Zillennial Cannon, on find uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the socials are Zillennial Cannon. So. Uh, it's in the bio, and if you fucking listen to this podcast, you already know what it is. But, um, yeah, so we'll be back next week. We got Chloe Zhao's Eternals starring Kingo, and um, uh, I think we're going to be talking to some Spencer, uh, too. Mm-hmm. So definitely tune into that. And uh, the, the
1: highly anticipated, far and above most requested uh, episode of all time, our Antlers episode, will be coming out soon as well.
0: I Have you seen Antlers? No, I haven't. I have not either. So that episode is coming to you never. Uh, All right. Bye, gamers. Love you, Jesse Plemons. See you later, gamers. (laughs)